and welcome to the Best of Worst of British podcast. I'm your host this week, Michael Bell, and the podcast is something that talks about films, but not just any film, bad films. But not just bad films, bad British films. The title explains itself. Could do it on my own, not gonna go. Got friends, you two, Ragamuffins. Ragamuffin1, what is your name, where are you from? Uh, I'm being aggressive now. (laughs) (laughs) Just like my dad. Uh, I'm Tom, I'm from a little place called Water Artin. Ah, right, great. Um, (laughs) What what, what are your qualifications? (laughs) Um, I've I've watched many films. There we go, good enough. Ragamuffin 2. I'm for Rapscallion. Rapscallion, okay. (laughs) How is there not a grime artist called Rapscallion yet? Oh... (laughs) We're segwaying again! <laughs> this is Lorcan Mullen. Uh, I guess my qualification is like Tom, I do also watch films. And actually, I use an app called Letterboxd. And a little announcement. I have now, according to that diary, seen and rated over 1,500 films in my life. My qualifications, for anyone wondering, um, I've seen a few films. Not a fan. Shall we crack up with this week's episode, which oh. is... A musical! A a musical, you say? (laughs) (laughs) A musical starring Paul McCartney? That's right. Ringo Starr? (sighs) Giant haystacks? (laughs) Um, Linda? Linda's there for a bit. Someone who's pretending to be Bowie. Someone called uh, Eric that's not Eric Clapton. But what is it we're talking about, Michael? This week's episode is Give My Regards to Broad Street. Not that one. Yesterday... McCartney. All my troubles seem so far away. Man on the run. The man. Man on the run. You the mystery. The music. The movie. Paul McCartney. Give my regards to Broad Street. The best kind of Paul McCartney. Early 80s Paul McCartney. John's just died. He needs to get the public on side. His wife doesn't give a shit. His wife's making sausages. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this constitutes a film. <laughs> it's a ninety a ninety minute music video. And, I think it's the best way. To yeah, start. and like I, I just want to start off first of all because we have some contrary opinions about this. How how is the Beatles a part of your life? How are you? Are you a huge part of my life since yeah. I was about five? So. Here's the thing with me: the Beatles. I love the Beatles. A uh, huge fan. Uh, I actually helped a kid in my school when he was in my primary school, and then he went to a different secondary school, and he called me over to help him with his project about the Beatles, which he got an A for. Of course he did. And I did not get the credit that I think I deserve. <laughs> Righteous credit. He should have at least bitter in the slightest. He should have at least bought me a Twix. That's all I'm saying, Nicholas. You owe me a Twix. Um, but uh, no, the funny thing, I think as a kid, you know, Yellow Submarine, and maybe you know Octopus's Garden. You don't have necessarily. Oh no, I was raised on them from. Yeah. Yeah, from the but teat. like, I remember the first time I really was aware of the Beatles was they showed back to back on the telly on ITV. I think it was. They showed Help and A Hard Day's Night, and my dad taped them both on VHS. And I watched them. I actually watched Help a lot more than I watched A Hard Day's Night when I was a kid. And I remember thinking, Oh, so this is what Ringo Starr did before he did Thomas the Tank Engine, <laughs> before he found his true calling in life. 
Tom is not making faces that suggest he's about to join in on the all you need is loving. I fucking hate the fucking Beatles. I'm going to be the controversial guy throughout this entire thing. Yeah, but you I'm going like... to be the angry man that's the entire thing. Do you think Do you think Wings of the band the Beatles could have been? No. Because <laughs> <Alan Parks>. I hate <laughs> Wings just as much. Band on the run, I hope they keep running off a fucking cliff. Yeah, but you're like you too, so you can't have any I'm, taste. Right. For me, it's always been Stones over Beatles. Mm-hmm. Every yeah, time. Yeah, Stone Roses. I completely agree. <laughs> no, the Stone Roses I hate. What? What? I hate the Stone Roses. I genuinely hate Look the Stone Roses. Like, there's certain things that make you required to be British, and sir, you are <laughs> sorry, sorry, no, no, no. Liking Ian Brown is not. I'm, I'm going to go through all the. I'm going to go through all the required bands and things you need to like to be British. Okay, let's, let's, okay, let's, let's, see, let's, let's, see, let's go on. Sex Pistols. Used to, but now they become Johnny Rotten's become an asshole. Not as much. The Clash. Love the Clash are classic. Uh, yeah, for Sex Pistols. Kinks. Yes, for the I'm Kinks. Right with the kinks. Kinks, kinks are the best. I can deal with the Kinks. Kinks are the best. I'm going to assume you like all of these, Michael. This is Tom. <laughs> that, this is Tom that's having to be tested. Oasis. Okay. Oasis can get fucked. Blur. Blur. I Boo. can tolerate. Pulp. Pulp, I like. Ocean Colour Scene. So I'll write a couple of the songs, but because I'm from Birmingham, I'm supposed to love them, and I don't get that. Dodgy. <laughs> if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me, man. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> if it's good enough for us too, it's good enough for Paul McCartney. Who was well, the star and writer of this film? <laughs> That's the thing that bells my mind here. When I was watching this film, when written by Paul McCartney, credit yeah. Whilst, no. quite amusingly, he's writing something down on screen. Oh, very droll. Yeah. At this point, hasn't he lost the, the publishing rights of his music to oh, Michael, Michael Jackson? Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That was the great story because Paul McCartney was telling Michael's like, hey, hey, Michael, you know some of the, the way you can make money is through publishing rights. I've bought a load of Bing Crosby songs or something like that. And then Michael did that and he said, hey, Paul, I did what you said. I'm not going to do Michael. So please. <laughs> please do. Like hey, oh, hey, Paul. Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. It's, it's Mickey Jackson here. Mickey J. Mickey J. Um, King of the Hits. You know, Tino's brother. I bought, <laughs> I, I bought a bunch of songs. Oh, that's great. I bought your songs. Hey, what? You scouse bastard. <laughs> What's interesting is this, like you say, 1980s Paul McCartney, and this is like, the Beatles, is as close as the Beatles came to being naff was sort of the late 70s to 80s. Well, that's when punk came in, and that's when people yeah. were like, oh, it's too lovey-dovey. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, famously, apparently, Glenn Matlock was kicked out of the Sex Pistols because he liked the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> would oh, you I be would, all for I, I would have stayed with the Sex Pistols forever. But this was Paul McCartney when he was 45. Yeah, this is weird, weird-looking. Uh, middle-aged Paul McCartney, I, I can't wrap my head around. He still really. thinks he's boyish he's, good looks. He's not quite, he never, he, he has, he's got rid of the wings mullet, but he doesn't know there's not, but it's also not the, you know, still dying it. No, this is a natural Kurt Brown hair and that I've got. And he's wearing Hawaiian shirt for most of the film. Yeah, this yeah, is probably this is probably middle-aged dad clothing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Stella McCartney. No wonder she got into fashion. She's like, Dad. <laughs> I didn't know whether I hated Paul more or the shirt, and it came very close. I will have to say though, I'm gonna we're gonna diss Paul a lot. Paul is my favorite Beatle. I'm Paul over John. I'm George, I'm George. Yeah, I'm George. I'm George, George over John. In many ways, I'm Ringo over John, mostly because of Thomas Tank Engine. Like, someone made a really interesting point that Paul McCartney could have been born in any century and he would have made his living as a minstrel or a musician of some description. He would have. Okay. You know, whereas John maybe kind of needed to be around at the time of rock and roll and, and all that. But but Paul, like, you know, he just knows, he knows his way around a melody. 
or at least he did most of the time. The, when we, the last when we did, when we, did years. when we did the songs from this album, the, the tie-in album, because this was at the time of like the tie-in album is cracking. Well, I'll give you that. Yeah, it's always yeah. I really enjoyed it. The it's, soundtrack actually did a lot better than the yeah. Film the same done. same as like a well, Purple Rain. I mean, it's a an okay film. I, I've never really watched it from start to finish, but it's one of the greatest albums of all time. Uh, Moonwalker is. It's, I watched that actually I watched that I, I sort of sped watched a bit of that to cleanse my palate after seeing through <laughs> give my regards to Broad Street and that's not really it's even less of a film than, than Broad Street is but it's got smooth criminal in it and you know it's the memorable right. sequences and like to the best of my knowledge Paul McCartney's never done a memorable music video ever <laughs> the one he did with Michael Jackson was pretty memorable. Say, 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 but you got to trust uh, Michael Jackson for that. All alone, I'll sit on by the phone waiting for you. Baby! Baby! <laughs> now, now, Mike, we're not going to fight about this. All right. Hey, what are you talking about? I'll knock your fucking block off. <laughs> Michael, Michael, look, Bubbles the chimp. Oh, I've got a chimpanzee, have I? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Right. Michael, I thought you were a lover, not a fighter. I love to fight. I'll fuck your heart up. And I fight to love. <laughs> there was no monkeys in this film, thank you very much. There no. was. There was a monkey. There was a monkey in uh, when, when he goes to the pub. Yes. Uh, ah, so there was. Fucking nailed it. So I wasn't. remember this better than you did. I hated it. Well, obviously, what it's meant to evoke here, I think, is a hard day's night, in that it's meant to be like a day in the life. I just assume it's Paul trying to gain sympathy because everyone loves John at the moment because he's just died. In my head, that's what he did. Or I'm going to make a film, everyone's going to love me and forget about John. <laughs> I, that's what, sho- what shocked me was when I saw the credits of written by Paul McCartney. It's like, wow, this is like a passion project? Could he show some passion on screen, please? <laughs> oh my God. I think all we need to know, the one thing you got to take away from this film is that Ringo Starr is the comic relief. <laughs> and that's, <problematic laughs> that's all you need to know. <laughs> the opening scene, Paul is stuck in a cab. That happens to him. Opening shot of Trudy Harold from the UK is. Ah, uh, yeah. This inspired La La Land, I'll have you know. <laughs> there's a bit. There's a big, it really didn't. <laughs> there's a huge traffic jam, and he's running late for a meeting with his record label. Uh, you can overhear the cabbie complaining, "Oh, mate, we're not going to be there in time." Blah 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 blah. Paul has a dream. La 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 la. The, the whole film is a dream, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the entire film is a dream. Is of it? course it was. It was written by Paul McCartney, who's not a scriptwriter. To be fair, yesterday came in a dream. So maybe he figured, Baru, yesterday, this will be the yesterday of films. <laughs> so in his dream, he's in this big, nice plush car, open, open road, nothing on the way. He's driving away really fast, going to his meeting. It's lovely. In the worst car ever made. Oh, a terrible car. It's a weird looking car. And he's, it, not only that, but he's like, it looks like he's removed the passenger seat and replaced it with a computer and a phone. Sounds about right. That's Paul McCartney, I'm sure. Ace's McCartney, he's got many cars. I wonder what what sort of technology Paul McCartney was able to get his hands on ahead of the rest of us. He probably had an iPod back in 1994. But he had an Alexa. Paul McCartney takes a a phone call from his manager, and they're saying somebody is missing. The guy who's playing his manager is like a famous actor, isn't he? He's possibly. Some Aussie actor, he's been in a few things, but nothing really... I recognised him, but I knew that I recognised him from something where he was much older. So, he gets a call from his label saying that the tapes are missing. Uh, the tapes. The tapes oh no, we're going to miss on an album from Paul McCartney in the mid-80s? That's mainly cover versions? Oh <laughs> my god! How so. the fuck will we come? <laughs> so, he's had to rush to the record label to sort all this pesky little bother out. It turns out that uh, a former criminal is working for Paul. The criminal, he gave him the tapes to give them up to the factory to go and edit and master the tapes. Worth about four to five million. 
uh, and the person's gone, and so is the tapes. Oh. oh, herein lies the plot. Record label are rightfully a bit fucked up about this, and they've put the challenge out that if the tapes aren't found by midnight, there will be consequences. Yeah, why is there a ticking clock? Yeah. There's no... Oh, I think this adds tension I to think, a film. I think Paul McCartney just watched Bruce's Minions and just went, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. He's got to get rid of all that money. So... Uh, they're all thinking that Harry, who's the missing chap, has gone back into the life of crime to bootleg the tapes. This is a problem. Strident political. I guess this was at the time when everyone was all being political. I guess saying that criminals deserve a second chance is a bit more realistic than Sting saving the rainforests or whatever <laughs> or else. Or Bono just existing. Here's, here's one thing that grates me a bit. Like, finding those master tapes, it should be of the highest importance to Paul McCartney, right? It is. Couldn't he, no, I mean, didn't, that, wasn't that obvious? I could go and find these tapes, or I'm just going to go and do some uh, recording I'm, and rehearsal. I'm, I'm just going to go and be Paul McCartney. This is a day yeah. in Paul McCartney's life. This is what's funny, though. Like, it is like the, the Hard Day's Night, it's, it's how exciting it was to be a Beatle. You have mm. that sense of Beatlemania, euphoria. They're going everywhere and they're being followed and harassed and everything. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This makes it clear that being Paul McCartney in the in the mid eighties was really quite a dull existence. <laughs> I'll make an album that no one will give a toss about. <laughs> okay. Then do a then do a tie in tour where people will go for piss breaks when I sing songs from this album. <laughs> I wonder what Ringo's up to. Yeah, I wonder if Ringo's free. Ringo's always free. <laughs> what about George? No, he's tripping his bean off in Morocco. I, I like to mention that, that like loads and loads of different roles in this film were offered to George Harrison he kept coming up with a different excuse for why he didn't want to play each of them sorry lads I'm too busy setting up more Monty Python films I'm, I'm making a record are you George oh that sounds fun when's it coming out that was a lie <laughs> you know? I'm sorry uh, I've, I've discovered a new type of acid aren't we all releasing albums um, at some point or another <laughs> don't give me any of this transcendental bullshit George are you free on Wednesday or not is there a Wednesday in your mind really <laughs> isn't time just a human construct <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Way I... to state the bleeding obvious, George Harrison. <laughs> so, it took, me, took could... me seven trips to India to figure that out. Like, like Tom says, uh, rather than go find these tapes, uh, he goes, nah, I'm going to go off to uh, meet my old mate Ringo, who makes his first appearance. Now, Paul and Ringo have been bandmates at this point and friends for about 25 years. They have the least convincing conversation I've ever seen. I, again, I just think... <laughs> like they've never met. When you... There's only what there's only two people alive now that knows what it is to have been a beetle, you know. And both of them were in this piece. And of both shit. of them were in this, and they, it must be strange. Like apparently, the story I've heard is that if you actually start chatting to Paul McCartney about the Beatles, he will talk your ear off about it. Like you, you will be. That's enough, Paul. And another <laughs> thing about the Beatles, like yeah, I get it, I get it. He's the funny. He's going to talk been, to Paul McCartney. Yeah, he, he's been a touring Beatles since the seventies. Of course, that's all he knows. You know? Well, you know, surely sometimes you want to talk about McCartney too, the album from nineteen eighty. <laughs> Have you tried my ex-wife's sausages? They're amazing. They are very good. As a vegan, they're very nice. What inspired you to do the frog chorus? I still think the frog chorus should be every national anthem. From what I read <laughs> unity, about, it's about being strength together. From, from what I read about this film, before they showed the main feature, there was like a fourteen-minute animated yeah. feature at the beginning, which was Rupert and the Frog, frog Chorus. Mm. Bom, 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 bom. Bom. 
bomb. Paul is talking to Ringo and he helpfully explains the entire plot. Harry, his mate, has got the tapes. He's gone missing. Oh, what's he like? Harry's, tapes, Harry's got the tapes. He's got the tapes. And he's gone missing. He's gone missing. Yeah, Let's play some songs. <laughs> Ringo, then, have you read the script, mate? Have I read the script? This? I'll tell you what, just repeat my lines. <laughs> <laughs> and then just ask Eric how he's in your houses. You'll be fine. Uh, Paul then proceeds to play Yesterday and Here, There and Everywhere which yeah, are two songs I love little medley but, but like again it's like he's here come the remix but it's <laughs> yes. not yes. It's, it's not it's not enough of a remix to offend you but it's a remix enough that you're like oh, I wish I was listening to the original versions of this going in being a non-Beatles fan expecting something a bit more perhaps than just 10 minutes of footage of Paul McCartney in a recording studio with Ringo trying to find the right set of drumsticks. Yeah, he's that com- was that was the he's big the comedy. Comic relief, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking despised it. It was just oh my Christ! Why is that? Why is that on a film? Why can't there just be some documentary backstage footage that they do of him? Yeah, again, why? it's like because like, there's a part where they're actually having lunch at the canteen, but they're acting having lunch at the canteen. If they'd have filmed them having the actual lunch at the canteen, that's a thought actually. If you're filming them having lunch do you have to have a lunch break or are they filming ah. the lunch break and does that constitute work so you still need to have an additional lunch that break that is a more <coughs> interesting point than anything in this film, film. <laughs> <laughs> this that should have been that should have been the whole film them getting into a contract dispute like, but we deserve a lunch break you've had a lunch break that was an acting lunch break you were having your lunch but we need a lunch break from our lunch all I have is an apple <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what you thought, you veggie bastard. And that was a state. This is the 1980s. We don't have any vegan cafes yet. What, a vegan? <laughs> it was a stage apple. It's actually just a painted tom- um, tomato. <laughs> no. no, but I mean, if they were actually eating their lunch during that. They had spaghetti. Do they get a lunch break? I don't know. Let's not go into more detail about this. <sighs> Paul plays some songs and then goes to a flashback. So he's having another dream within a dream. Inception. Yeah. Are you sure that this, I thought he came. No, he's having. A, he's having I'll a be kip. honest. I forgot. I he's having a not... kip in the back of the cab, and um, the, 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 the whole the entire, entire film is a dream. Is a dream. Yeah. Then he dreams within the dream. dream. Yeah. A... I'll be honest, guys. I'm. I'm. I'm I obviously wasn't like. A, I made no notes. I could have sworn he just had a nap, and that was one bit, and then the rest no, was happening. No, no, that was no, a dream. No, that's yeah. what they. The entire film. The entire film is a dream. He's having a kip. He wakes up again at the end. He's having a kip in the back of the cab. Fuck this movie. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So later on, when there's a 15-minute dream sequence, it's a dream within a dream that's had flashbacks with so, another so, dream. So, so Christopher Nolan got Inception from this, you're telling uh, me Pretty right much now. is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> loads of people are incepting Paul McCartney. Like, maybe Ringo's an inceptor. Come on, tell me the number be, to your Who are going to be the inceptors in this? So Linda, Ringo, Barbara Bach... Um, giant haystacks. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Don't oh, you worry. My God. <laughs> the best thing of a film, giant fucking haystacks. So, so who's so who's so we're going inside another dream within the dream. So who's dreaming at this point? Is this Ringo's dream? Is this Paul in Ringo's dream? I get this is too I think, deep. I, think I don't this know. Is the cab driver's dream at this point. This is the yeah, cab it could driver. be the cab driver's yeah. dream. Yeah. yeah. But then who's right. driving the cab? So what's the dream within the dream? But it's in... It's in well, no, because he's, anyway. he's having flashbacks whilst he's playing the song. But it's the flashbacks, it was already in a dream. So it's double dreams. 
So flashbacks within dreams within dreams. Because it's got he's having the yeah he's having a dream. Paul is having a kip in the back of a cab yeah. and dreaming that he's this version of Paul and this version of Paul is playing a song and having a flashback to when he first met Harry the criminal. So there's a flashback within a dream. Yeah, yeah, which but is not, also a dream. But there isn't a dream within a dream yet. Uh, well, it's the flashback in the, the flash. There's a flashback a flash- in the dream. Yeah. So is he dreaming of himself in a flashback? He's dreaming of a better life, and his better life, Paul, is having a dream. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is a flashback in a dream. Yeah, this isn't a dream within a dream. Oh, what point does yet. Pete Postlethwaite? So, so no one needs to have a second dream. Not yet, but okay. later. When does Killian Murphy get involved? That's when I'll be. <laughs> so he has a flashback, and for the first time, he meets Harry, the criminal, who's now stolen the tapes, bastard. or has he? <laughs> um, and this, it's just showing that how how liberal and good Paul is. It's like, oh, Harry, did you steal? Why did you go to prison? Oh, they set me up. Did they? Yeah. All right, you come work for us then. But oh, if you do something wrong, you're out on your ear. Be a hell of a job. I might starting to imagine Paul McCartney, and now he'd have to be a more formal job interview. So, are there any things you'd like to ask me? Don't ask him about the Beatles. He won't shut the fuck up. Don't mention sausages. Linda will be here within three seconds. Paul Wins was good, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Oh, you hired everyone. He's got he's got an entourage of like five hundred people because all of them go. I loved you and Wings. You hired. Sorry, anyway. say, what's about my career? Oh, it's fucking lovely. Career, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so after this, uh, they go to film a music video. That eats up 10 minutes. So this this is the one where he's like a ragtime ragtime rock and roller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a punk, like Billy Idol. And like then there's like a dance number and someone drives in like a biker. Yeah, it's bikers. They start having fights and then... Uh, I guess it was, yeah, was this yeah. him trying to do like a cross between... Beat it and um, beat it in Greece. I think, yeah, I beat beat Greece. <laughs> beat Greece. Grease it. <laughs> that sounds like. Ugh. And now we're back to furries. That no pre- cross episode referencing. Episode. I'm sorry. The last episode was all about cross episode referencing. Ah, <laughs> uh, the the Bob cinematic universe continues to expand. <laughs> Anyway, uh, during lunch, a friend of Harry's uh, comes up and she is upset. Tracy Ullman. Tracy Ullman, yeah. Paul's acting face tells me he's also upset about this. Cause but he no, his, his entire face is upset every time when he's happy. He's like, oh, okay. he, has got a, he has got a concrete face, hasn't he? Paul McCartney <laughs> is very rarely cheerful. That's a, that's a point. Or actually. angry or yeah. showing any emotion. Again, I think he's. I think, again, it's just being Paul McCartney. It must be something weird. I think it's weird. just being a scouser. No, I think he's been Paul McCartney. He's, been Paul McCartney, he's yeah. barely been a scouser. <laughs> I mean, yeah, scouser in name only. Well, it's like it's like when Ringo Starr was a. I think Ringo did a thing when Liverpool got the City of Culture, and they asked him, "So, do you miss Liverpool?" And he went, "Not really." <laughs> <laughs> so I think Paul well, McCartney. Correct answer. Paul McCartney's probably the, the Beatles same. from like twenty three onwards. It's mm. like yeah. they made them money. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing that always staggers you when you think about it. George Harrison was twenty six when the Beatles broke yeah. up. When they broke up, he was 26. I'm 28. And I'm, <laughs> I work in Tesco. So. I'm 31. I'm doing a podcast about a film. <laughs> I'm 34. Moving on! <laughs> Anywho. Um, so, he's uh, comforting Tra- uh, Tracy. Uh, oh, what's her face? No, he, he, Tracy he's barely comfort her. Oh, I'm really upset because Harry's gone missing. He has right, gone sit missing. Sit on this bench and we'll talk later. Should we pop off? So he pops off, leaving uh, Ringo to entertain uh, Barbara and Linda. Which I'm sure he could do in many, many ways because Ringo is a charismatic oh, devil. So Barbara, so this is Ringo starting to. Uh, oh, he's trying to flirt with. Lay on um, the charm yeah. to Barbara Bach, his real life wife. 
And and also, by saying she's interviewing about the new album, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Do you want to come to my hotel room and listen to the album? It's like you filthy devil. Also, let's just point out Barbara Bach, famous for two things: being Ringo's wife and being in Give My Regards. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> she was. I literally did not. I didn't know. Was, yeah. She was Ringo's wife, and she was a Bond girl in The Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, oh, did not know yeah. that. So a great beauty of the time. Unfortunately, the 1980s and hairstyles did not do some favours to some of the great beauties. <laughs> she has got a perm to end all perms. I thought she was quite pretty, to be fair. She's wearing a leather like, jacket, and any girl in a leather jacket, I'm going to fancy. Right, yeah, so. that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's how remarkable Barbara Bach was in the looks department, that she could have that haircut yeah, and still, still be, you know... Still be harassed by Ringo Starr <laughs> in very inappropriate manner. <laughs> I seem to like it. So, <laughs> but then we cut to another music video because it's been three minutes. Is this the sci-fi? This, this is the sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Frank, I do like. I do like the chorus to that. I, of all, of all, was the, there a chorus? I love you. I like that. Why are they dressed like scientist badgers from the future? Why not? Why do they come up through plumbing like Mario? It looked like he was going for albino Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's also creepy is that he and Linda have the same haircut. What about and, Linda? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, is this the, yeah, is this the kinky stuff you two get up to? So, do you want to get into a costume change? No, not yet. Linda, love, <laughs> Linda, Linda, love. You know uh, this director. I'm being, I'm acting here. Linda, love. You know you're in this film. Yeah, yeah, I'm in this film. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you tell can me you um, that? Can you go and just stand next to Paul? Dre- yeah, I can, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. And um, can you just like play with the keyboard a bit? Yeah, I can do that. And dress up as. Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, she's like the least fussy actor I can imagine ever. Just yeah, I'm fine here. You know, just um, what are you doing? Well, you're married to Paul McCartney. You're set. Yeah, Linda, really. yeah. Linda can you Linda Ringo touch you a bit? Linda, yeah, yeah fine, yeah, fine. Yeah. But her face does not move in the slightest. Same yeah. as Paul's. After the music video, uh, the record executives are now following Paul, and they're kind of shouting, "You've got until midnight," because no. you need because you need to remember that. And then Paul looks at his watch. Again, <laughs> Paul McCartney can just go. I'm Paul McCartney. Oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'll do it again. I'm worth more than all you and your mums. Uh, so Paul checks. Now, watch. but if it was Michael Jackson telling him to get a move on, hey up, hey up. I have all know your songs now, and I want some more <laughs> bloody work. Oi, Macket, get on with it. <laughs> These golden llamas don't build themselves, Michael, you know. Come on, Michael. I'm in the Beatles. I'm a millionaire. All right, still get your work in. Come on, lad. Come on, say, Sofa. say, say what you like. I'm gonna get my money. <laughs> Come on, soft lad. Put you to do a shift. Soft lad. Soft lad. <laughs> so anyway, Paul checks his watch. It's now three o'clock. So we know the films are a little way through. He then goes to a warehouse to sing again. This time in a jacket. Again, proper middle-aged. This is, I'm this still is, down this with the kids. This is dad rock. With the this leather jackets. Yeah. Sorry, can we just point out here? Every time Paul gets driven somewhere, he turns up, but the band are always there before him. Yeah, they're yeah. on the run, aren't they? Hey. <laughs> oh, you fucking twat! <laughs> but no, the music was band on the run, and they're on the run. I oh, know. So there's two beautiful bits there. Long and winding. You know, you know, well. Paul was insisting on that. We're gonna have a wing song in it. Okay, band on the run. It doesn't have to be band on the run, does it? It's gotta it? be band on the run. But Paul. don't yeah. you know all the other great wing no, songs? No, Paul, it's gotta be band on the run. It's, we've already filmed it. Uh, we've put it in there. You can't unedit it. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's fine. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I love that warehouse bit purely because, like, there's like in between the songs, they'll just have some idle banter. Yeah. And Ringo just <laughs> yes. goes to someone that yeah. goes, "How's your new house, Eric?" 
Right. This bothered me <laughs> yes. as well. Also, yes. if you're gonna have a, if you're Paul McCartney with Ringo Starr, you're gonna have a rock and roll get together of guys, and you say, "How's Eric? How are you, Eric?" That Eric has to be Eric Clapton. Yes. There are no other Eric's allowed Costello. to be. No, Elvis. That's Elvis Costello. Oh, yeah. Eric Costello, his brother, you know. Eric Costello. <laughs> Eric. Bristow? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, play some darts with me. God rest his soul, he died. Eric. Rest, didn't he? The half of it. Yeah, if it's Eric, it's got to be Eric Clapton, not whoever this Eric guy was. Cantona. Yeah. I mean, in a, again, if, it's on a fo- if, if we're on a football pitch Eric and they say pass it to Eric, it would better be Cantona. Or Jemba Jemba. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eric Cantona. <laughs> can, can you imagine Eric Cantona in a band? Right, I'm going to do a ten minute guitar solo. No, Eric. No, um, doesn't require that. It's just I've already begun. No, I've already begun. <laughs> we're not. We're not pressing record. In my mind, you have. <laughs> I press record in my heart. In life, we all record everything. Oh fuck! He's been reading those George Harrison self help books. <laughs> this one is called Seagulls. <laughs> Uh, oh, you know that's a prog it, rock. It, it, <laughs> it, is, it is an 11, 7 and a half. <laughs> it, it, it's much like my version of Albatos. <laughs> <laughs> so he's had a sing-song in their jacket. It, but, uh, whoa, and whoa, whoa, Giant whoa, Haystacks whoa, turns whoa, up. Whoa. Whoa. I, I still don't know how Eric's new house is. We, we that, that's, a, that's for the sequel. Yeah, that's an entirely oh, different That's an entirely that's different film. That's that, the, the sequels give my regards to snobs. <laughs> give my regards to the town hall <laughs> give... no the next one is actually just called walkabout yeah. <laughs> yes ladies and gentlemen if you're wondering you're not a brummy native like us three broad street has a very specific connotation to anyone that grows up or lives where around where the dickheads go yes every city has that I remember asking it in Edinburgh apparently Edinburgh equivalent's Lothian Street oh I know that well <laughs> <laughs> Says a lot more than I thought it would. In, in Norwich, it's Prince of Wales Street. It's just vomit in cans all the way down the side. <laughs> vomit in cans? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like New Orleans and Bourbon Street. Yeah. Chip shops, Corey. Is, is Bourbon Street actually New Orleans equivalent to Broad Street? It's a fucking beautiful mess. So, so no. So no. <laughs> it's neon, it's drunken, it's debauched, it's. Is it like just for tourists? Like, you know, like Dublin is oh, got a um, huge tourist trap. Like in Dublin, it's all the Temple Bar and stuff. It's yeah. just for the tourists. And it's yeah, it's a massive tourist idiots. trap. Yeah, yeah. Okay. huge. But we keep going. Again, more, <laughs> more interesting than anything in this film. <laughs> uh, I'd like to imagine this film having taken place in Broad Street. Instead. I would like that as well. There'd be yeah. a lot of yeah. theft going on, I'll say that much. <laughs> People passed out on the street and, you know. They're all dressed up. Oh my God, Linda and, Linda and Barbara back in there on like a hem party. With their sashes. Hey. I didn't like my sausages. <laughs> Linda, Linda Pet, can you um dress up with a cock on your head? Yeah, sure. And end the, end the night with a good daddy fucker. Trays of slippery nipples. <laughs> Before you wonder, the daddy fucker is a burger available at a vendor in at the end of Broad Street. That's. I think I've had a motherfucker. I don't think I've had a daddy fucker. Uh, I've, I've not had it. Yeah, the one's called a motherfucker. One's called a daddy fucker. <laughs> one's... I want the whole family. Fuck it. That sounds oh, interesting. One, I don't know. One's called the Maury Povich pregnancy test. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going. We're going tonight. <laughs> you want the Maury Povich? You've no idea what it is until the end. <laughs> well, the next. I think scene... you end up screaming. Ah! Ah! <laughs> 
the next scene, Paul gets a bag of chips out of Big John's. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> chip shop in Birmingham. Talking of massive chips and burgers, Giant Haystacks turns up. Giant Haystacks, the very much overdubbed... The 70s... Giant Haystacks. Giant Haystacks. Oh, they got, my, they got Michael Jackson to do the voice. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a sneaky cameo like he made on The Simpsons. That's it, that's it. My, Giant Haystacks actually has Michael Jackson's voice, and Michael Jackson actually had Giant Haystacks' voice. They swapped Imagine that. I'm going to kill Big Daddy. <laughs> you just take that back, Kendall Nagasaki. <laughs> Come here, cat weasel. Come here. So, uh, uh, Don't touch Mick McManus's ears, you evil boy. <laughs> William Regal. <laughs> and Robbie Brookside. <laughs> Have you seen that famous match? It took place in Bedworth. I was a uh, it was maybe the, one of the signs that the ITV wrestling the days of Giant Haystacks were good dying. It's Stephen Regal and Robbie Brookside against Kendo Nagasaki and someone else. And someone else gets disqualified, so it's a handicap match, basically. And as always, he goes for the mask, he goes for the mask, Robbie Brookside finally rips the mask off, and Kendo Nagasaki grabs him and goes, ah, la, 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 la. hypnotizes Robbie Brookside into attacking <laughs> Stephen Regal, <laughs> and wins the match. Wrestling! <laughs> And obviously Paul McCartney was a fan because he got giant haystacks into it. Well, who wouldn't love giant haystacks? He's I mean, giant and made of hay. <laughs> in stacks. Wouldn't that be amazing if that was a fat suit stuffed with hay? <laughs> and if he took it all out, he's actually quite a skinny man. Just a really <laughs> lanky bastard. <laughs> he lost a lot of weight when the wrestling dried up, you know. And so, yeah. have, have you seen my pickup truck outside? It's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, John Haystacks is here and he has a nothing chat with Paul. Isn't, about it, ha- isn't it about Harry? Yeah, the same. There's the same conversation Paul has with every single yeah, character. Jesus Christ. Have you heard about Harry? He's stolen the tapes, has he? I've, I've made a note here, number 24 of my list of notes. If someone had better spontaneously combust sooner, I'm going to kick off. <laughs> I'm that bored. You heard about Harry? Yeah, he's gone missing. Think he's up to his old tricks. I don't know. Neither do I. Again, like... That's that little bit over. <laughs> I, know that, I know that Paul McCartney doesn't read music, so you would assume that means he doesn't write music. Yeah. <laughs> He wrote it. He wrote it, yeah. <laughs> Again, he doesn't know how to write scripts, so he just said... He never wrote it down, he just said, so I'm thinking this scene's going to be a bit like a G chord to an A minor. What? Just go with it! <laughs> He's off his nuts again. So, uh, nothing conversation, and then Paul's got to head off to the BBC for an interview. And the police are also investigating the case now and on the lookout for the stolen tapes. Are the band on to it? Because they can get insurance that way. <gasps> oh, they're too busy running around. Yeah, they are too busy. I like to imagine actually you're just thinking there's like because you're saying everywhere he turns up there's, there's a band there so it's like just plotted around the UK and just various bands yeah. waiting for Paul McCartney to turn up at any moment pretty much <laughs> and Ringo's and it's just Ringo clones are in place <laughs> after place after place oh god now we get another fucking performance so the next little bit is yeah performance but uh, um, on the way oh no on the way to the BBC we hear a song because you do uh, Paul is being interviewed where he has to explain the concept of an album to the interviewer <laughs> So you've got, you got an album, right? It's a few songs together. Yeah, about 12 yeah. songs together. Yeah, yeah. Most did, of them are covers. And then the, my favourite line in the whole film, um, did you write all the songs yourself? Yes, I did. I write all the lyrics. But it was just the fact he had to explain what an album was. To well, I think the idea was meant to be that the BBC are all detached and posh. Oh, is, that, and, is it satire? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realise Old that. and decrepit. Then I, I give this film point one more respect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he leaves the interview and then he goes to play a song. Plays a couple of songs, including Eleanor Rigby. Oh mm-hmm. my god, dream sequence. Here's, of this. here's the inception. Um, it's Lynchian. 
In fairness oh. to it, a fucking amazing orchestral version of Ellen Ribby really liked it, but it did go on for 15 minutes. Yeah. And this is where Paul has a. Uh, this is the dream this is... within a dream that involves flashbacks. And so this has flashbacks this within the dream within the dream. I'm not sure. This is where he's, he's still in the cab mm-hmm. having a dream, and the dream is this Paul McCartney, and now he is having a dream. Okay. So a dream in a dream at this point. So this is, I, I imagine this is the French horn man's dream. Because they gave some prominence to the French horn. <laughs> this could possibly be the French hornist dream. It, it was so long, it really overstayed its And mostly because it was in slow motion. Because mm, yes. you really needed to see. But the, the notes I've literally it, got for the Eleanor Rigby dream sequence are shut up, Ringo, and row the fucking boat. <laughs> it starts off with. They're like dressed a, as like country gentlemen. Yeah, it's like a quaint picnic. They're all sitting Age around a tree. They're yeah. sitting around a tree. Linda's standing there. Linda, love, can you sit down on the blanket? I love if Linda still had like a mullet thing. At this. <laughs> and then, then they have like this weird sort of picture sequence thing where the, the blue box was glowing for some fucking oh, that, reason. Because that, that, that's a recurrent visit uh, mm. image obviously i guess like no. you say it's a dream within a dream because he saw earlier the man at the, the the lunch desk were they having lunch or were they being filmed having lunch Does that we will never know we'll break? never know and he has like a lightsaber thing and so obviously the vision of that was what inspired the lightsaber. Oh, oh. I just, like i said it's it's, it's mulholland drive it's there's inspirations within everything it is, okay, i've given it shit give it another point one for respect there mm. no I didn't realize that. I'm taking your... three points so <laughs> I'm going to go through all of the so all you're at point two you're at minus two point eight <laughs> I'm going to go through twelve. <laughs> actually the Linda McCartney um, orchestral version I'll give that two points I don't think Linda McCartney it. had anything to do with that yeah. one yeah. Linda, 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 Linda Rigby sorry yeah, Linda, 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 Linda Love Linda, Linda Pet can you um... the famous <laughs> the famous composer and Linda Rigby sorry there's a bit in the dream sequence where the villain who's obviously a villain because he wears shades do you want me to run down the dream sequence yes please okay so it starts off with a quaint picnic Uh, Paul's out of all his mates Uh, they go on a boat not oh, George Harrison no, not George George do you fancy coming down for a picnic uh, no I can't do that uh, I'm busy helping I'm children ra- in the Sudan I'm writing a book are you no <laughs> <laughs> Uh, me and Eric you. Clapton are having another threesome with someone <laughs> I'm writing a book it's about weasels <laughs> is it George yeah right the dream have picnic Friends are in a boat, but oh no, the world's smallest waterfall. Um, yeah, that is like, there's no tension. Oh no, they might get slightly wet. Quite often, <laughs> it's like the water was the size of a table where we're coming oh, recording on. Oh, no. like, surely there's ways of perspective shooting to make that look worse than it is. They're going to be inconvenienced by some water. Oh. <laughs> Linda, Linda love, you're going to get wet in this bit. Her hair's going to be massive. Oh. So uh, his friends fall to their demise because they got wet. Um, don't wet a perm don't do it Paul's acting face here tells me that he's sad (laughs) (laughs) Paul's resting face but um, it's okay now because now it's a snowy winter wonderland and all his friends are back yay but are they are they though I don't remember any of this well Harry is running around with a big blue bag or box sorry which is glowing glowing. he's running around the snow people are chasing him and Paul's knocking around trying to find his friends that's okay though because now we're in ye olde times and he's dressed as Jack the Ripper yes I do remember that (laughs) walking around old London town Um, and the police are now uh, really trying to track down Harry Paul's trying to hide from the police as well down dark alleys and stuff are and Barbara Bach dressed as prostitutes yes they are yes they are and Ringo (laughs) (laughs) I've got no problem selling myself on the game Uh, Linda Love can you dress as a prostitute for this so in the dream now in the uh, Victorian Jack the Ripper days Harry is uh, chase chase run away from the police run away from the police they catch up to him though and he gets stabbed 
Paul sees this and his acting face tells me he's upset. <laughs> uh, I'll tweet a picture on the, on the Twitter account of oh, his face. Very sad. So he's very sad, but the dream finishes now. And he decides to go to the pub. Fair enough. This pub is, I don't know, name a pub on Broad Street. Uh, O'Neill's. It's O'Neill's. He goes to O'Neill's then. <laughs> Uh, he has two. He has two shots of um, aftershock red, uh, <laughs> and then decides to speak to the barman because um, this is the pub that Harry went to last night, where he was last seen. He was last seen, and he finds out from the uh, barman that he was carrying a blue box. He's heading to the Rocket Club. He's going to Titty Bar. And, uh, <laughs> do you remember how John Carew got caught the day before a Villa game at late? No. At the Rocket oh Club? God! Oh, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, it's, it was great because he was put on the subs bench. <laughs> and I love that. That was one of my favourite moments as a Villa fan because he was Ow. doing the warm up on the against the whole end, and someone yelled out, "Oi, John! I'll see you at legs eleven later on." <laughs> Throw me the corner flag and I'll do a little dance for you. <laughs> John Crew literally walked the door and went, "Wait!" And gave a thumbs up and everything. Hey, cheeky lads! <laughs> so you know, we knew that he was John Crew's awesome. <laughs> Again, there's hangs no... out hangs out with Prince William at Villa games. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen there, though. He was cracking at Valencia. Prince Harry. (laughs) (laughs) But that was brilliant, because obviously Martin Martin O'Neill didn't approve. (laughs) And and this was back in the time when the the whole time were happy, so they were going, Martin gives a wave. Martin, Martin gives a wave. So he gave a wave, and then he went, Martin gives a dance. Martin, Martin gives a dance. He didn't respond to that. (laughs) Film. Film. So, he's find out that Harry was carrying a blue box uh, last night. Doctor Who. And a jazzy version of the Long and Winding Road starts oh, as Paul God. is driving down a... Where you get it. Everyone loves jazzy renditions of songs, do, don't they? Oh, uh, so, get up and burn. So, I mean, that's the cleverest bit in the film. <laughs> I, imagine, <laughs> I imagine the director took the rest Wait, of the day Wait, because there was jazz in that made it good. <laughs> because he's... The, long and Winding Road, and he's on a Long and Winding oh, Road. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I imagine the director took the rest of the day off. We now see what Ringo's been up to, and he's been entertaining the girls the entire time while Paul is yeah, off solving crime. Yeah, what do you think Ringo entertaining you would be like? Balloon animals. Do you want me to read you another Thomas the Tank Engine story? This one's all about Joe Gordon getting lost in a field. And then he's not lost anymore. Because all of his friends find him and they have cake. And then everyone body shame the controller. <laughs> 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 Come on, guys, we're a little bit pushed. We're really close. Alex we can do this. We can do this. <laughs> God, we're, about, we're about 10 minutes away. Um, so oh. Paul's driving along and he remembers where he last saw Harry, which is in the hotel the night before. He was carrying the box with the tape in it. Is that when they're singing him off to go somewhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Paul yeah. actually puts in a bit of effort. Oh, he, he drops, yeah. his, drops to on some serious jazz hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, shit, he can actually move. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a robot. He might be a robot. <laughs> there's a whole rumor, Well, that's isn't the it? conspiracy theory. Yeah, there's a whole rumour that he died in like 68 or something. So much horseshit. Is he actually a robot? His uh, acting face would suggest yes. Well, if you ask Frank <laughs> Turner, he's actually come back from the future. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he Well, remembers. if he was Jack the Ripper, he's come back from the past. <gasps> oh. Time travelling Paul McCartney <laughs> slash ladies and writing songs. We've just made a better film. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, to the script writing office. Time, <laughs> time travelling Paul McCartney with what was the full title you gave it? Time travelling Paul McCartney slashing ladies and writing songs. There we go. 
Time traveling Pornogami <laughs> slashing ladies and writing songs. So Paul now remembers where he last saw Harry. It Sally was a... Morning Cartoon series. <laughs> <laughs> this week I'm in ancient Egypt. Paul, do you I want to write? Stabbed a woman. Now I've written Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> Paul, do you want to write yourself? Oh, go on, I can do that. Oh, yeah. I've written a film. Uh, oh, so... Have you though, Paul? Have you? <laughs> We've all seen it. I watched the film, so I reckon I could write. <laughs> So yeah. I've said I've said I said this to the when we were doing the WhatsApp. I think by watching this film we put in more effort than Paul McCartney did <laughs> writing and making this film. Very real possibility. <laughs> so, so he remembers where Harry is. He remembers he's got the tape, and he remembers that he was heading to Broad Street Station. Wait a minute, that's in the title of the film. Yeah. So Paul goes to Broad Street, and oh boy, he gets accosted by a bunch of lads. <laughs> Worst, okay, what's the worst sight you've seen on Broad Street? I've got one. Have you got a worst uh, sight you've seen on Broad Street? I've got two, actually. Oh, yeah, uh, somebody vomiting onto someone who's passed out on the floor. I top that. I, yeah. I saw someone vomiting and urinating at the exact same oh, time. Oh, that's a talent. That's a talent. And she was not in a good state. If you can do both, fair enough. I'll do. I admit, I did this in Snobs, so this doesn't quite count as Broad Street. But I did. Oh, I did Snobs. Oh. I did. I love the fact that Snobs will let any fucker in. Oh, yeah, <laughs> kind of contrary was, to what you claim. I was to already be. blitzed on my twenty-first birthday, and they just like waved me in. Like, <laughs> well, Not only will they let you in with trainers, they let you in with every nothing but trainers. They let, on. You, in, they let you in with knives. <laughs> what I love about snobs is the playlist hasn't changed in 15 years uh, <laughs> you still get Arctic Monkeys as the closer uh, I, I, I think I um, so the worst thing I did the most Broad Street thing I did I didn't do on Broad Street I did it on in, in snobs and that was I threw up on myself um, but I didn't want to go home yet I didn't want to get changed Lad. so I thought that the best idea would be to tip beer onto my shirt <laughs> Figuring that the smell of beer would override the smell of vomit. And wash off the... And therefore, people would not be able to smell the vomit, smell the beer, and just think, ah, it's snobs. See, I thought what you were going to say is that you turned your shirt inside out. No. Which would have been a lot worse. Because then I had the thing pressed against me. I'm not a savage. (laughs) (laughs) The two worst things I've seen on Broad Street are a young... This is a stand-up bit. A young, muscle-bound gentleman... Pointing out to a young wheelchair-bound woman that the height she was at was perfect to give him <laughs> oh, personal you... gratitude by holding her head and pulling it slightly. He didn't want her to do it. He just wanted to point out that she could. <laughs> <laughs> the most impressive Broad Street I saw, I saw was like, it must have been like mid-December, mid-January. Mid-January, I think. It would make more sense because it was like, Cold maybe out. it was like, actually, it might have been like December the 28th or whatever. Snow, like you wouldn't fucking believe freezing cold snow it's like a tuesday night and we're driving through and there are still like two girls there with short dresses (laughs) smoking a cigarette like we're gonna have a night out and this fucking kills us see i realized i was old uh this christmas because i was i was walking through going walking home walking through town and i saw a group of girls all with shirts short skirts on and, and previously, I thought, oh, short skirts, nice legs. I just thought, oh, you poor sods. Yeah. Get a coat on, love. You're you know. hypothermia. <laughs> exactly. That just proves how old I'm getting. I'm just old now. It's like, oh, you put a coat on, for God's sake. Get some trousers on. That's respect, girl. Talking to people who wear trousers, Paul McCartney's wearing trousers when he goes to Broad Street. Seamlessly. Uh, thank you. And he's at Broad Street, and he's looking around. Oh, where, where, where is Harry? Where's Harry? And just sees it left there. Left sees the blue tape yeah, left there. Yeah, that's shocking. I mean, it's been there all day, presumably. And on the tape, it's got massive letters, Paul McCartney. 
Fair enough. Be. This was a mid '80s Paul McCartney album. Yeah, again, you're but, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can make some serious money off it still, though, just for the name alone. Yeah, but it's got it in in big sharpie. Yeah, Paul McCartney. McCartney tapes. I do love that. How like someone trying to sell it to you? I've got lost Paul McCartney recordings. Where I'm from? That's not the point. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> I mean, just give me money for the name. <laughs> But um, he's, he's found finds it on the bench. Oh right, okay, fine, yeah. This is yeah, grand, yeah. And then he just hears a couple of knocks on the door. Help! Help! Is that you, Harry? Yeah. <laughs> that's the conclusion. Are you gonna let me out? <laughs> Essentially, that is the conclusion. He finds the tape that's been left on a bench all day. So he wasn't a thief. He was incredibly incompetent, and for that, um, I'm gonna have to sack you. Because Harry went to um, he went to find a toilet and got himself locked into just a room, like the caretaker's office. Um. He's been locked there all day. Uh, Paul opens the door. Oh, you're right, Harry. No emotion. You're right, Harry. Yeah, I've been stuck here all day. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to come outside? Yeah, fine. Yeah. That's the end of the film. <laughs> Again, I don't Pretty think. It, I don't it. know if this constitutes a film. Like, I'm not sure if more Moonwalker constitutes a film, and Moonwalker was more of a film than this was. The, the main uh... I, I'm really genuinely angry now realising that it was all a dream oh yeah, they, oh, yeah they're fine yeah, then yeah. we all see at the end um, that Paul um, wakes up from the dream and the, the, cab, the cab yeah the cab driver opens up the door Paul you're here for your meeting oh great yeah what are you doing having a dream and that was the film that's literally the film it was a dream and then again, makes it utterly meaningless. Then again, what do you expect from a first-time screenwriter? Then it was all a dream. Who's the biggest star? The biggest pop star in the world, or the biggest movie star in the world? But if a biggest pop star in the world makes a movie, it rarely makes money. And if the biggest movie star releases an album, it rarely gets sold. So, so like, stick to your but lane. They're, but yeah. they're both, they're both unless you're Justin Timberlake. But they're vanity projects, aren't mm. they? That's that's all it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like um, Hugh Laurie doing a blues record. But like, what Look bothers me? What bothers me though is that. Fun doing swing music. What bothers me about that? It's a vanity project and everything, but he doesn't look like he wants to be there. <laughs> yeah. And it's you that's chosen to do this. And you wrote it, it and you made it about yourself. You can't cast anyone else. It is you. You can't be sitting there going, "Who wrote this shit? You wrote this shit." <laughs> to be fair, he could have been on some sort of drugs. Maybe, he maybe he wrote it in a dream. Not eighties McCartney. He was all healthy then. Maybe, maybe he wrote it in a dream. Again, so like so I said, like so he, he came up, about he, a dream. yesterday came yeah. in a dream, and maybe now. McCartney has far too much trust in dreams. Everything that's in a dream. So I love that he's just there every night with his sleep mask. Right, right then, Brian. See more that you can. That was really <laughs> so, Okay, Brian. Let's do... So it's yesterday. But I'd like to think he wrote it in a dream. So the film is about Paul McCartney having a dream with a dream, and he wrote the film about a dream and a dream. Too many dreams. Why couldn't he have kept it in? Like you know, no Tom, one. Wa- Tom is smashing himself no in the head one, at this point. There is nothing more boring in life than someone describing their dream to you. <laughs> <laughs> so to make a film about it <laughs> thanks Paul you boring prick so we've got to say something nice I love the soundtrack love the soundtrack ah you bastard you and, that, the soundtrack. and that orchestral version of Ellen Rigby is fantastic I thought some of the longest dream sequence where they're dressed up in the age of innocence and everything I thought some of it was quite lovely to look at like it was well filmed. It was mm. it was like sort of a almost Terence Malick filming it in the witching hour thing. Then when there's the tent scene where they're about to fall down the one inch waterfall, that was when it kind of lost me. <laughs> Tom, it was a quick watch if you didn't watch the music videos. That's your thing. My takeaway from this is it wasn't bullseye. 
Okay. That's all I've got. <laughs> That's literally so it's very, the, the very ba- your base level. Okay, okay, it featured giant haystacks. He was arrested, yes. which I'm impressed by. And it also had the line, how's your house, Eric? Like that's just <laughs> like you could just add throwaway lines like that in a film. I'll give them that. But the most takeaway thing I can take from this is it wasn't as bad as Bullseye. We're really that's setting it. ourselves challenges with this, aren't we? I didn't mind it. It was, a, it was, a, it was an easy watch. It was a nothing film. It wasn't about anything. Plot was terrible, but it was an easy watch. It helps that there's Beatles songs in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I said, yeah. even if it's like. Not bastardised versions of Beatles, mm. but, but diminished versions. He's of editing Beatles out anything to do with John. Yeah, <laughs> John yeah. died four years and previously. And it was all me. It was me. <laughs> Which I imagine what it was like on set. You know, he wrote it. He starred in it. Trying to get George, but George was in Brindley Place having a lovely meal. He just couldn't make it. George, I, I, too George. much of a too much of a travel. Yeah, I'm having dinner actually with the wife. Are you George? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey you! Don't watch that! Watch this! It's quite an obvious one, but it's obviously meant to be Paul McCartney's attempt at doing an update of a Hard Day's Night. And Tom would probably disagree with this, but I would say watch a Hard Day's Night. Yeah. It's one of the great one of the great British films of all time. Uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, I was gonna let a lot of shit slide. The second you call a hard day's night one of the greatest British films, fuck off. <laughs> it captured a moment in time that the, the, the thing that's funny about the Beatles. So did Ebola. Let's bring it back. <laughs> let's bring it just to bring it back to the Beatles. The Beatles always feels like something that should have always existed. I find it mm. hard to believe of a time period where the Beatles was like like. Have yeah, you heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard the Beatles' new album? It's like, <laughs> why? You know. And and again, what's always amazing about those things as well is just how quickly all this gets churned out. Like the Beatles. Their existence as a band that people were aware of is like basically the same length of time you were at secondary school. Mm. It's pretty much equivalent. So, uh, Tom, how's your house? (laughs) If you want to find out about his house, you can follow him on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. (laughs) Follow me uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just follow uh, Tom Hodkinson. That's T H O M because because I'm better than you. But most of the films that we've watched are not as entertaining as Box in a Box. On uh, Tom's hey, Instagram, thank you. it's it's comparative. It's, oh, it's been a while. It is comparative. But, I, you know. I saw a dog in a box this week. <gasps> dog in a box. Not, is a dog in a box. Not, not like box not like box. A dog. To, to, to clarify, not like chucking it in the canal sort of way. Just like this old man had like a little like pram sort of thing and put a dog in it. Oh my god, I love the sound of that. But because he was walking and staring, I didn't have time to take a picture because it oh. would have looked very weird. Me with a camera just. I have to take a picture. My dog in a box, in a box, and then what's in You've the got box? a massive dog. That's a big. Thing. No, Alfie's. Oh, okay. So that was your Twitters and uh, my Twitter is at michaelbell eighty six, and find me on Facebook. I challenge you. <laughs> you can find him on Instagram at Moon on a Stick. You can. Cheers for that, PA. Okay. I'm Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U W L A for Apple N for Norman. That's my Twitter account. That's my Instagram account. It's my Facebook account if you want to follow me on Facebook. And also if you put an at gmail.com at the end of that, you can email me. If you want to follow our group Twitter account, that's Pod B-O-W-O-B-Pod. And we'll make that our email address, I guess, at some point. Yeah, but we, we need don't, to do one yeah, of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is in the future. We have got that now. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so follow us on uh, Facebook and Twitter and everything like that. And uh, yeah, so we've just spent some time uh, discussing and criticising a film but this week I got um, the uh, capitals wrong the capitals of various countries I got them wrong uh, to a six year old uh, we're doing a worksheet I got it wrong they got it right so 
I'm not really one to judge about anything, am I? Because I am not smarter than a six-year-old. You didn't even need Noel Edmonds to tell I you. Did that. not need Noel Edmonds. Never need. No Noel one Edmonds. ever needs Noel Edmonds. <laughs> <laughs> not even Noel Edmonds needs Noel Edmonds. Uh, but yeah, um, so that that's the show. Thank you very much. Um, join us next week where we're going to be watching the Knights of the Damned. I mean, it sounds good. <laughs> In what way? Queen of the Damned is the worst of the Damned film that I've seen so far. The Damned is a good film. To give you an idea of what we're about to review next week, the AV Club described the Knights of the Damned as, imagine a cross between Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead, but without any money or talent. I'm excited. And me. (laughs) So yeah, thank you very much uh, for listening, and uh, tell a friend, subscribe, do all of that stuff, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. And this was all a dream. And I fight to love.